Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. We started a series and it's called Getting Ready for the Harvest. I uh, had the great joy of uh, working on a farm when I was oh, 12 years old, driving tractors and farm trucks and worked with Arabian horses and, and worked with corn and strawberries and potatoes. And when it's harvest time, you have to get the harvest in. I had the joy of working with one of our farming families here, a part of Kings here in Alaska. And in Alaska, it, it was uh, hay. And uh, when the hay was ready, you had to cut it. Then after you cut it, you had to use a power rake on it and spread it around so it would dry. And, uh, and then you would basically move it into windrows, it's called. And then after that, you have to bale it. And there's temperature and, and moisture, and there's a lot, at, a lot to play with the hay harvest here in Alaska. And I believe this probably everywhere, but Alaska is unique because it could just rain and ruin your hay. And so this hay was put up and we would take a measure, uh, a, a device to measure the moisture content inside the bales. And when it was time to get those bales of hay off that field, buddy, every single person, no matter how old you were, you were out there, you were bucking hay, you did whatever you can. Now, I know they've got devices now to wrap hay in plastic and then it, you know, I guess it does better. You can leave it out there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a farmer now, except for I've... I sow God's word and reap a harvest of souls. Can somebody say amen? And a harvest of righteousness and a harvest of blessing. I'm a different kind of farmer. But there's something about what Jesus said where he said in the gospels, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And I remember receiving a phone call from one of our uh, members of the church. And they said, can you, can you get some people to help? We're, we've got a problem. We can't get the hay up and it's going to rain. And we went out there and hustled that hay. Anybody ever bucked hay before? It's called bucking hay. You ever do that? The 100-pound bales are my favorite ones. The big ones, they're usually about 50 pounds, 100 pounds. Yeah, you don't last too long doing those unless you're a farm boy. I want to tell you this, that it's harvest time in America. It's time to reach souls and more people are being saved and brought into the kingdom than ever before. It's not being reported by the, the uh, news networks, except I did hear a report from HNN, Hell News Network, that demons are leaving Alaska at an unprecedented rate because there's a church that's arising in the power of the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? All right. Into your notes now. Uh, pardon me. Let's go ahead and read. Acts chapter 3. Stand up with me if you're able. Acts chapter 3, and find the first verse. You ready? One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. And by the way, everyone should have at least one of those. In this case, at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried in the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looking straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. 
So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want you to say that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Say it like you mean it. Ready? Say it. Go. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles were made strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they, were, they recognized him as the same man who was used to beg sitting at the temple called Beautiful, temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Go down to the 16th verse of that same chapter. Acts 3, verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus. Say that with me. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know is made strong. Okay. Go to the fourth chapter now of the book of Acts. Find verse 4. But many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5,000 men. Go down to verse 7. Doing some scriptural calisthenics. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or by what name did you do this? Oh my. Go to verse 10. Then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name, by the what? By the name, you should be starting to catch a little bit. I'm, I'm having you repeat the name of Jesus. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that, his, that this man stands before you healed. Wow. Look at verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men, men by which we must be, be saved. Go down to verse 18. They called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. I think there's something a little bit different in the New Testament about this name thing. Because we don't really talk like that anymore. The name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do, for what you've done. Move in power in Jesus' name. You may be seated. We do have notes. Fill those in as we move along. So we started the series, second message in the series called Getting Ready for the Harvest. Getting Ready for the Harvest. Last week I talked about you can make a difference and how you know, Philip, who was not an apostle, he was a, a, a Grecian believer was used by God to bring a great revival in Samaria. And we talked about Stephen, whose ministry didn't last long. He's the first martyr. And we said before that Stephen gave the gift of martyrdom, that's the gift you give one time. Special crown you get. According to the book of Revelation, there's a, a martyr's crown in heaven. They made a difference. They were not counted as apostles. They were just regular folk like you and me part of the church. 
Come on, someone say, I can make a difference. Yeah, they open nations. They open, they open nations. And who knows what God will do with you as you prepare, as you get ready for the harvest. And now the second message, take the name of Jesus with you. The power of the kingdom is released through the name of Jesus. Let's talk about this passage as we move forward now. Miracle takes place. There's a man 40 years old. It's always astonishing to me that uh, Jesus walked past him during his earthly ministry and probably saw him from the time he was a boy. Jesus lived for 33 and a half years. I don't know how they get the half, but that's what scholars say. So for 33 years, and of course in the early years of Jesus, he might not have been cognizant of this man being there. And we don't know how long he was there, but he's 40 years old. I don't know when, you know, you have to go and go look at Edersham's life and times of Christ and find out when beggars could start. I mean, you can go, I didn't study that, but you can find out when you could begin to beg in the New Testament. And so maybe he's begging from the time he was 12. But it is something like that. He's maybe after his bar mitzvah, he could then go beg. And so he's begging for a long period of time. And Jesus went through that gate. He walked past him. There's many different names for time in Scripture. The gate called beautiful, the, actually the word there, I believe, is horaeus, is also a word for time. And so another, word, another way of saying it, it's the right time gate. Let me say it this way. That when he makes all things beautiful in their time. When it's the right time, it's beautiful. When the time is perfect, boom, in the fullness of time, he brought forth his son. I don't think that's the same word, but you can go study time. And I, this is just out of my memory, but it's fascinating that this man, 40 years old, maybe begging since he was 12. Now the apostles walk past him and they say, look at us, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. The church has forgotten what we have. But there is a people in Alaska that are beginning to remember. There's a people in Massachusetts. There's a people in Dillingham. There's a people in Fairbanks. There's a people all across the nation that are waking up to the reality, the power in the name of Jesus. There's what? There's, there's power in the name of Jesus. And so this miracle takes place. And this beggar walks in, no longer a beggar. He's healed. His ankle bones and legs are made strong. And he goes into the temple, which had to be quite an experience because to understand that lame people were not considered, they were considered unclean. So they could not go into the temple, but now he's been made whole. So for the first time at 40 years old, he walks into the temple, which by the way, was an amazing sight to see. It was really like one of the wonders of the world, Herod's temple. It was incredible, incredibly ornate and opulent, beautiful. It was so white that at a, at a distance, it was so beautiful that you would see it. It looked like, like that was covered with snow, that Temple Mount. It was marble and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. He walked in for the first time and people begin to notice him and he's walking and leaping and praising God. And I'm sure that was quite a scene. Does anybody remember years ago, we had, we had a lady that was healed uh, her, she got her eyesight back. Here, she was blind. I think in one eye, not both eyes, but one eye. She got her eyesight back. She lost her ever-loving mind and took off. She ran, like, ah, and ran. She was gone. 
I'm like, oh, I hope that's okay. And out the back. And we're like, well, praise God, everybody. Thank you. And she comes back. I can see. Does anybody remember that? It was amazing. This guy has lost his ever-loving mind because he's walking into the temple. He's been healed. He's no longer lame. And this miracle takes place. Uh, What I would say a notable miracle took place. Faith in the name of Jesus. We had you read that. Verse 16 brought about the miracle. You know, the end result of Peter's preaching now is 5,000 people are now added to the church. That's amazing. Go from 120 in the upper room. Then he comes out, a cursing sailor, cursing fisherman, no offense to the fisherman, but he comes out, was scared by a little girl away from a fire. Peter, Peter comes and preaches until 3,000 people get saved. That's on the day of Pentecost. Now, 5,000 people get saved. And it is an amazing harvest. It's an amazing harvest. So the church grew by 5,000 men. And what scholars say is that they're just counting men. So very possibly they're married. That would be 10,000. And they have 2.3 children. Some say... There's 20,000 people. We don't really know, but they know that we only counted men. So there were women and there were children. And so it's a lot more than 5,000 people. And the religious leaders, just like today, they questioned Peter and John. By what name did you do this miracle? You know. Peter goes on to tell them the story. And and it is an incredible thing. In, in, In chapter 4, verse 12... Salvation is only through the name of Jesus. And the religious leaders command them not to speak the names, kind of like our schools. Well, not our schools, the King's School of Ministry and the King's Christian School, which is beginning. And uh, we have, uh, I think it's 165 children that are interested in participating. 165 children that are interested in participating in the King's Christian School. Would you pray for that? Would you pray? Because there's been a moral outcry. There's been a moral outcry and we need to start a a spirit-filled Christian school. I said a spirit-filled Christian school. And so we're doing that. And those of you that are participating should hear from us here very very shortly. Trying to get that together. It's becoming a, it's a co-op. It's like a homeschool co-op week uh, phase one. And eventually it'll be a full blast school. K through 12, and then it'll go on to a university, King's School of Ministry. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? Gosh, I feel led to say this crazy thing, but I'm not going to say it online. So you should have come to church. Sorry. And those of you that are, that are, you know, you're in a faraway land or whatever, I'll be right back. Hallelujah. So religious leaders command them not to pray in the name of Jesus. And it does sound like today. Can't bring your Bible can't say the name of Jesus, can't pray, can't, can't, coaches can't pray. I mean, give me a break. So the church prayed that God would uh, heal and perform miraculous signs. They're in verse 30. They're sent back to their life group. They sent back, look at verse 30. I don't, I don't think we read that, but look at, look at Luke, uh, pardon me, Acts. Luke did write Acts under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4 and verse 30. Verse 29. Oh, what a prayer meeting. Now, Lord, consider their threats. We could pray this very same thing today. Lord, consider their threats. Teaching our kids about transgenderism, defiling our children and teaching them sex 
things before they should even hear about it. I'm going to really lean on that unless you like say amen. I got, we need to see a turnaround in our defiled culture thus far and no more. I've had enough. I, I'm not, I'm not going to cow down to that. I'm not going to be intimidated. Come on. We're not going to be intimidated. We're going to go ahead and take the land. We got to start a school and there's just great defilement and we can pray this same thing. Now behold, look at their threats, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They ask in a prayer meeting, they say, we got arrested for this stuff, man, they almost killed us. We got ripped and flogged. Lord, hook us up with more of whatever that was, God. Fill it and the place was shaken. They were filled in Acts 2, but now they're filled again. I'm glad God touched you at Notre Dame at the Catholic outpouring in 1968, but it's time for a fresh filling. What is this concept of the name? Name in ancient times reflected something about the person, usually surrounding their birth. And if you go to... 1 Samuel chapter 4, you'll see that ancient societies understood the significance of name better than we do. Uh, I said in the first service, in the 40s and 50s, many little girls were named after flowers. It was a thing. Lily, Rose, right? And you'll see there's cultural trends and names that are popular and so on and so forth. My wife and I, we purpose to name our kids biblical names. And I don't think it's wrong to name your child a, a non-biblical name. But understand that names have significance and names have meaning. What a powerful name you gave your daughter. One who resembles God. Pretty awesome. I like my name. My name's a little scary. Daniel means God is your judge. It's a constant reminder that God is my judge. <laughs> Abraham, what's that mean? Father of many. Prophetic name. He had no children, and the Lord calls him the father of many. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, you'll find that, that Hophni, which is Eli's, one of Eli's sons, he's married, and she is having a child. The prophetic word comes to pass because he didn't discipline his children. They were stealing from the offering and they made the people of Israel despise giving. They stole. And so Samuel, the prophet whose none of the words fell to the ground, the, the, the prophet who you're named after, Samuel, is called as a little boy. He's brought there by Hannah and, and he tells Eli, you're in trouble. Well, that prophetic word comes to pass. Eli falls over after he hears about the report of the ark being captured, breaks his neck and dies. His two sons die in battle. Come on, gruesome. And when, his wife, when the wife of Hophni finds out that her husband is dead, before she dies, she dies also, and she names the child. And his name's Ichabod. Ooh. You know what that means? The glory's departed. Don't name your child the glory departed. Jezebel is another name you should probably not name your child. Ahab's not a real popular one either. Rachel, the wife of Jacob. We could talk about Jacob. Names mean something. 
certainly in scripture. And the name of Jesus means something. And I want you to understand it because all the, and I've taught and preached on this. If you don't understand the name of Jesus and what that means and the power we have, then you won't take the name of Jesus with you. As that old song said, I was at a rotary meeting many years ago in Anchorage considering and, and uh, applying for becoming part of the Rotary Club. There was a local pastor who's no longer in ministry at that time. He's no longer in ministry now. He stood up to pray, and he prayed the most, was a spirit-filled pastor, prayed the most vanilla, unoffensive prayer, and didn't even pray in Jesus' name. And I know why he didn't, because he didn't want to offend anybody. I'd offended everybody. Amen. No, I'm, I'm not here to judge him, but I know that God will do that. He'll judge you. He'll judge me. But the name of Jesus has power and it's offended. I remember before I got saved all those years ago, my brother is the first one that gave his heart to Jesus. And he used to tell me about Jesus. I got so mad once and I, I've gotten mad more than once, but this particular time I got so mad. And I said, and his name is Christ, so quit calling him Jesus. I was okay with Christ, but the name of Jesus would just curdle my blood. I don't know what, what that was. I think maybe I had some hitchhikers with me. Jacob, grasper of the heel, then surplanter. Jacob wrestles with God, and he becomes what? Israel. What does Israel mean? Prince of God. He has 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, still 12 today. Rachel, when she's giving birth, she dies and names her son Ben-Omi. You know what that means? Son of my pain. But Jacob changed his name to Benjamin, son of my right hand or son of my favor. So names in ancient times meant a lot and, and they're significant. They really are. Some of you t practiced meditation, maybe in the 60s and 70s, uh, and you were given a mantra. What you might not know out of Hindu, Hindu mantras is that the name that you're given to chant and repeat over and over and over is the name of one of the Hindu demon gods. So it's like an incantation of a demon spirit. And I took a sucker punch at uh, astrology, and so I, I don't want you to feel left out. Uh, there are many people who call themselves believers that still consult astrology and read charts. And you know, maybe you grew up in the 70s. I remember when I was a kid, that used to be one of the things. So what sign are you? I'll give you a sign. In the moon, who can't, listen, the one who made the stars is the one who you should consult. And, and, and it's idolatry and it's witchcraft. And if you, it, it's idolatry and witchcraft. You know how many people, you know how many, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. You'd be embarrassed. What sign are you? I'm a Leo. Don't do it. Everybody say, don't do it. Don't dabble. Don't go and look and see. Well, I just want to see if it's like, stop, stop. You should not look to the stars, but look to the one who made him. 
And the, and the true picture of the stars is the story of the gospel, if you really understand it. And there's books written about that, and it's a powerful thing. But this mantra thing with Hindu mantras is, is very real. It's a form of worship, and you begin to repeat that over and over and over. It won't be good for you. Our names often have influence. The name Dr. James Morocco carries a lot of weight around here. He's our senior global pastor. He's my pastor. So when he calls me, my secretary might say, Dr. Morocco's on the phone. Well, whatever phone call I'm on, that phone call's ending, and it's time to talk to Dr. James Morocco. Really, what if you're in counseling? Now, there are times where I might have to just delay for a moment if it's an emergency or whatever, but it carries a lot of weight. My name has a little bit of, a little bit of weight here. I, I'm, I'm the senior guy along with my wife over this whole group of Alaska churches. So I, think there's, I think there's 12 different churches now. And, and so there's, there's some authority there. Pastor, Pastor Daniel said so. Oh, okay. And in other places, Pastor Daniel said so. Who? Get out of here. I don't know who that is. The president, the, the name of the, the president, president of the United States, the seal of the president of the United States. I think it meant more at other times than maybe it does now. But I'm just saying. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Say, say, somebody say the name of Jesus. The power and the authority of the office rests upon, whatever, rests upon whatever president is in office. And we're to honor. We're to honor that because we're an honorable people. And America is the greatest country in the whole world still. But if we don't have a revival, we will certainly slide from that. And um, you'll be having Chinese names or something. Jesus, help us. Amen. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus means, are you all there in your notes? It's his character, his authority, and all that he's done and all that he will do. That's what the name of Jesus means. I had somebody, and I, I think it's further down in my notes, but it's not some magical name. I, I had somebody rebuke me. They say, his name is Yeshua. Yeshua HaMashiach, his name is Yeshua. Now, am I mocking Hebrew? I am not. But let me just tell you, if you use the name of Jesus or your name, then the, no, it's the name of Yeshua. It's got power, power. No. It's not like, it's not like, uh, it's not like some magic symbols or sounds that come off when you say Yeshua. Well, it, well, it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. His name is powerful only because faith in his name, his character. But it's not magic in the, in the sound, in the syllables coming across your vocal cords that give it power. That's, that's witchcraft. No, his name, Jesus, Yeshua, it's the same name. You can say in the name of Jesus, you can say the name of Yeshua. It's standing in the name and relationship with him. It's relationship with him. Not some, all right, Matthew 28, verse 18, 
All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching and obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, surely are you here? He's with you to the end of the age. Shirley has a friend. Her name is Verily. Go to, go to Colossians chapter 1. You might get that on the way home. Colossians 1 and 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, and by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Philippians 2. Go there. Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore God exalted him the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Come on, I want you to say the name of Jesus on three. One, two, three. Jesus! And just for fun, say the name in Hebrew, which is Yeshua. Ready? One, two, three. Yeshua! I don't know, I might like Yeshua better. But the point is... (laughs) The point is, the meaning of his name is his character, his authority who he is, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So if I come and I say, Dr. Morocco told me that we're going to do such and such and so and so, I promise you, we'll be doing it. Right. The same is true when Jesus said, you can go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You pray anything in my name, it shall be done. You have to change the way that you think. The name of Jesus. Come on, someone say the name of Jesus. He's given us his name right in your notes again. We receive Jesus into our hearts as Savior. We become part of his family. I'm born into my family. I had no choice in that. And I'm glad I was born into my family. My last name is Bracken. Sounds awesome. Bracken. It means a small fern. That's what it means. They, they nicknamed me in uh, one of the churches that I preach in occasionally. They nicknamed me, release the bracken. So really what they're saying is, release a small fern. I didn't have a choice of that. I'm glad about it. I'm thankful for the heritage of my family. But the truth is, you didn't have a choice about whatever family you were born into either. You do have a choice about being born into his family, that choice. Let me just tell you, let me say this to you. There is only one sin that God will not and cannot forgive you of. Would you like to know what that is? Only one. There's only one. There's only one sin that you can't be forgiven. You know what it is? It's denying Jesus Christ as the payment for your sin. It's not receiving him as your Lord and Savior. That is the one sin that you can never be forgiven of. In fact, that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, really. He's given up his name. 
John 14, verse 13 and 14 reads, And I will do whatever you ask in my name. See, but you understand that when you're going to ask him to do something in his name, it means it's his will, it's his character, it's his authority. Who's riding with somebody who broke some windows and glass around here. And like I said, we have them on video. You're soon to be arrested. And I was riding with somebody like, Lord, just give them hemorrhoids and kill them. I'm like, hey, hey. That's pretty aggressive. Jesus said to his disciples who wanted to call fire down, he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. We don't wish death on anybody, but I have seen people die prematurely, but we'll leave all that with God. In your heart, you don't wish for somebody to die. Now, you can pray prayers like, Lord, change them or remove them. That's a powerful prayer. I've prayed it, and it's worked. That's why the church is still here. Let's have a praise break all across this place. Amen. When you pray in his name, it's his will, it's his character, it's his authority. So when you pray his will, and you know his will from the word, and God will also speak to you, and that speaking of God to you will not contradict his word. When you pray in his, in his name, his will, his character, his authority, it will come to pass. But it's not like a cosmic bellhop. Ding. There's a contending, there's a fighting, there's a praying, there's a spiritual war, there's a battle going on. But if you'll stand submitting to God, resisting the devil, he will flee. And you can sing songs like, hit the Rohu Jack, don't you come back, no. Hit the Rohu Jack, don't you come back, no more, yes. Don't you come back, no more. Don't you come back. I love the rest of that song, but I don't remember the words. You stand on God's word and the enemy will flee. And if he hasn't, if he hasn't leave, left you yet, you keep standing. Right. Ask anything in my name, I will do it, verse 14. Silver and gold, such as I, I do not have, but such as I have. It's like a blank check. God gives you a blank check. How many of you know the check has to have a name on it? Has to be signed has to have a seal. The Holy Spirit in Ephesians is called Arabon. He, the Greek word means a seal. It's, it's, a, it's a deposit. It's ownership. The Holy Spirit's on you. It's a sign that you belong to Him. You can, you can see the fruit of the Spirit coming forth from your life. We release the power of His name to heal the sick, cast out devils, in Jesus' name. Come on, you're all there. We release the power of the, his name to heal the sick and cast out demons. Some of you are tolerating what Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave for. You don't tolerate it. You stand up and you evict, you evict the demonic off of your life. You don't have to be tormented. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be depressed. You can be healed. You can be set free. We're going to take communion here in a moment. So ushers, would you prepare that? In Luke 10 and 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. In John 20 and 21, peace be with you as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Jesus, the creator of the earth, maker of heaven and earth, sent us with his authority. 
Listen, if you never get a hold of this, you'll never ever walk in victorious power. You've got to get a hold of this. Come on, somebody say he's given me his name. In our text, this man's healed further down the line in Acts 19, Acts 16. There's a slave girl who gets set free in the name of Jesus. All right, how to take the power of Jesus' name to the world. The first thing is witness. Everybody say witness. That's sharing your faith. If you can't share what God's done for you, then you might need to take another look at that. Has your life been changed? When your life is changed, now you say, well, my life's not been changed. Well, welcome to King. Stick around. You're going to get changed. I love what a brother said to me in the coffee line. I'll shake hands. I said hi to him. I don't know. He said something like, oh, you've changed my life. I just thought, oh, God, that's a miracle. I can't hardly tie my shoes. The fact that God, oh, seriously. <laughs> I checked to see if they're tied. Jesus. Oh, God can use you. And I, I think I said, well, I'm just a mailman. I'm just delivering the mail. Listen, all you need to do, I love what Pastor Tim said. Great to have you, Minister Heidi. Pastor Tim said this, oh, when I pray for healing, I'm just for people, when I lay hands on the sick, I'm just providing an opportunity for Jesus to step in and heal somebody. Some of you, you need to provide the opportunity. You need, you need to witness. You need to share your faith. And when you do that, leave the results with God. If they don't like you, well, so what? It's not about how many likers you have. It's not a popularity contest. Come on, we need to take the name of Jesus into our community in a way that we never have before. We're going wit- to witness. We're going to visit every single home in the state of Alaska. That's up and coming. Are you serious? That wasn't hyperbole. Like, seriously, we've, we've made a, a decision that we're going to visit every home in the state of Alaska. How? One house at a time. How long is it going to take? I have no idea. We're going to start. And we'll start in September. Let you know more about that later. Come on, someone say, take the name of Jesus with you. To witness, to pray. Ushers, would you begin to serve, please? To pray. Catherine Coleman wrote a book, I Believe in Miracles. And in the book, it talks about how she was doing a radio show in the 40s or 50s. How many know who Catherine Coleman is? How many of you remember our guest, Ivan Tate? So Ivan Tate, he comes every year in April. Ivan Tate was, I think he was a teenager. He got saved in high school and he heard about this lady, Catherine Coleman. So he went to her meeting, but he couldn't get in because it was closed. So he was just on the curb outside of the meeting. And Catherine Coleman, I don't know if she was getting in her car or out of the car, I forget. But he looked over at them on the across the street and went like this, and they both fell out and had an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. She used to do a radio show, and on the radio show, she would get prayer requests and read these prayer requests. We're talking about praying in Jesus' name. Reading the prayer request was this girl who had, I think it was liver cancer, and was gonna die from it. So they, they're reading the prayer request and they're about to pray and the little girl was in the hospital room with the radio show and didn't know that she was going to die from liver cancer and her mom was the one that sent the prayer request in she's like mom she's yes sweetheart you need a miracle 
They prayed and they moved to the end of the program and Catherine Coleman said this, and it's in her book. She said, we need to pray again for that little girl. And she prayed. And do you know what happened? The power of God hit that little girl. Listen, feed on these stories. These are not some far, in some faraway place. Sure, it was a number of years ago, but God does the same thing today. I said, but the problem, the problem we don't see more miracles is many people aren't bold enough to pray it. They're not bold enough to pray. Oh God, look at their threatenings. Grant to us boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs in the name of your holy, in the name of your holy servant, in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You don't have to leave the same way you came in this morning. You don't have to leave the way you came in here broken. You don't have to leave the way you came in here. You don't have to do it. In fact, it's not God's will for you to stay the same. Oh, he loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He loves you that much. That girl began to shake on that gurney in a hospital room and she was miraculously healed. All the liver cancer left. It's really about a relationship with Jesus. Faith. Come on. Exercise his name in faith. They took him by the hand and helping him up. That's exercising your faith. When the Holy Spirit, and I'll talk in general terms so that I don't say it online, but when the Holy Spirit came on me the other day and I sensed that same kind of unction and presence as when I got all those years ago and walked towards that, de that defiled barn. And the Lord said, I'm inside that place with my kids. And he said, I'm giving you the property back. Same, same experience. And I thought, now I could have gone, no, 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 no. Let's just keep praying. And I just walked towards that place and went, okay, if you want to do it, I'll receive it. And then I prayed, God, according to your plan and will, go ahead and release it to us. We'll take it. That's how you do that. Like I said, I'm challenged sometimes at tying my shoes. It doesn't matter your ability. It's God's ability. He can raise the dead and if he'll, he'll, he'll get somebody crazy enough to believe his word and pray, then it shall come to pass. And it came to pass. Exercise faith. We're planting a church in Tucson, Arizona. How? One little step at a time. Faith. Moving forward. What are we going to do? How are we going to do I don't know. We know some of it. You know, many of you don't get started, so you don't get C, D, E, F, I, I, am I saying the alphabet right? Jeez, help me. A, B, C, D. That's how I know the alphabet. E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Listen, I've got, I've got personal, a unique, I have unique gifts. If you ask me where P is in the alphabet, I cannot tell you what's before it or after. I'm 56 years old and I have to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, J, J, I'm close, J, K, L, L, M, N, O, 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 P, Q, Q, is that, yes! Want to experience his presence? Just take my hand. I got other gifts. Don't you, don't you undermine what God wants to do for you. 
So you're not a high school graduate, that's okay. You can get your diploma. I know you can't, you don't know, you can do all things through Christ. And if you don't wanna get your diploma, then don't. It's not about education, about spending time with him and out of a relationship, being empowered, releasing his word in his name. I come in the name of Dr. Morocco now. Okay, so that's got authority. The name of Jesus has all authority, all authority. The demons know it. People, they're learning. Take steps of faith. Are you all served? Would you stand up all across this place? And if uh, one of my ushers would help me, please. Pastor Karen, would you come up on the platform? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. Let me just tell you that what you're about to do can release healing, God's kingdom, God's power, or premature death. He said, did he just say that? Yeah, I did. I should have told you before I served you. So here's how you make sure you don't get the premature death. And before you're looking at me with those, like, like I'm a heretic, in 1 Corinthians 11, and I, I, I do this almost every time because I don't want you to be sick and I don't want you to die early. Listen, this has power. It, it is not transubstantiation. This is not the blood of Jesus. It represents the blood. And the cracker is not his body. It represents his body, but it's powerful. And in 1 Corinthians 11, I'd encourage you all to go look at it later, which would be hard to do because your hands are full right now. 1 Corinthians 11, the apostle Paul is rebuking the church and says, you don't, you're not discerning the Lord's body and you're drinking judgment on yourself. And that is why some of you are sick and have fallen asleep. You see, they were not receiving what is called the Lord's supper or communion in a way that's worthy. Well, well, we want to make sure we do it worthy. Everybody say, we should be doing this in a worthy manner. We should be doing this in a Okay, how's that? You acknowledge that Jesus really did die. He really did rise again. And that your sin separated you from God, but he paid for your sin. And you acknowledge that he did that. And you repent because we've all blown it this week. Some of you maybe more than others. So we're going to ask forgiveness and we're going to repent. And purpose in our heart to not go back like a dog to its vomit. We're not going to go back and do the things that he's rebuking us for, correcting us. He loves you. He loves you. 
but you, you must come to him in a worthy manner. And so it says, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Back in 1 Corinthians 11, what are we remembering? We're remembering that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. We're also remembering that it's by his stripes we're healed. I have a, uh, a great, great uncle that wrote a book on the Eucharist, which is another name for, for the communion and how it releases healing. He was a psychiatric doctor in England and began to serve communion to his psychiatric payment patients and they all began to get healed. There's power. There's power to heal and, and power to kill. You can't just take this like a little happy meal and the church will be over and everything's great. Receive it in a worthy manner. Now, I know I'm taking a moment. Go ahead, examine your heart. We're doing this in remembrance of me, which means his death, his resurrection, by his stripes we're healed. And the third thing to remember is that he's coming back. He's returning. It's called the imminent return of Christ. We examine our hearts right now, Lord, before you. Forgive us for wrong thoughts, attitudes, or motives. Wash and cleanse us. Go ahead and talk to God all across this place. Go on, talk to him. receive your forgiveness. We receive your healing. Come on, if you need healing, believe right now. We receive healing. And we declare and proclaim your soon return. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink. Once again, we have no scripture. Oh no, I guess we do have scripture for it. People are smashing their cups and they have been for the past 16 years. I preached some message about the curse is broken. We took communion and we crashed, crushed our cups. So we never reuse them anyway. Somebody say praise the Lord, but many people still crush them. And I guess I'm going I'm to crush mine today. Amen. Come on, somebody say the curse is broken. Wonderful. You may be seated. In conclusion, I've taken a little bit of time. 12.45, we're just about done, all right? Exercise his name and faith. There's some principles there about expectancy, taking steps of faith. Live your life in such a way as that it will reflect his name. Let me say that again. Live your life in such a way that it will reflect his name. That when people look at you, they're like, something different about that. Something different about that guy. That literally when they see you, you're a reflection of what that means. The name of Jesus. He said, well, pastor, I got a long way to go. Well, the good work that he began in you, he'll complete. Quit, quit comparing yourself to other people and just be faithful to love God as best you can and be slow to speak and quick to listen, slow to wrath. Learn God's word, grow. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. You'll grow in faith and God will change you, will transform you. The seven sons of Sceva used the name of Jesus like a lucky charm. And they changed the name of their ministry to Naked and Bleeding Ministries. In Acts, I believe it's 19. 
They used the name of Jesus like a lucky charm, like a rabbit foot. Now, the name of Jesus has power because of all that God has done. But it's relationship. I said it's relationship. It's not magic. It's relationship. And that's why a Catherine Coleman might flow in greater power than someone who doesn't have the depth of faith and relationship with God. You say, well, are you saying that God loves some people more than others? Absolutely not. No. But it does say in Psalm 26, the secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him. That means to the level of fear and honor and awe that I have for God might release to me secrets that somebody else doesn't have. He loves us all the same. But if you can't be faithful with what he told you, why would he tell you something else? The power of the name of Jesus is out of relationship. You are his ambassador. You and I are his ministers of reconciliation. You're the only Jesus some people will ever see. May the Lord burden you. May he give you a glorious burden for the person in Fred Myers, the person in Walmart, the person in the, the highways, the byways, the next door neighbor. May he burden you. May he burden you that you're the one that can share a delivering word, share your testimony, witness to them. What if I'm embarrassed? Is it, is that, are you really going to bow down to your ego and your embarrassment for the sake of the gospel? I'm not going to. And I haven't and I won't. Did you get something from heaven? Getting ready for the harvest. Come on, somebody say, get ready for the harvest. Take the name of Jesus with you this week. Reach to people. Lay hands on people. Listen, I just go for it. So, but you should ask them first. Well, I don't. Okay? I said, can I pray for you? And, and, and then I'm praying, Father, thank you. And then the Lord starts touching them. And I'll have people say, can you not touch me? And then I take my hand back. And they say, do you mind if I put my hand on you? Uh, yeah, I mind. That's where you put your hands. We don't know where some of your hands have been. Do you know what I'm talking about? Would you reach to people? Will you love people? Will you share your faith with people? Will you be stirred with holy emotions? Think about the person that told you about God. Think about the person that invited you to church. Where would you be? Where would you be? Oh, I got set free. I got delivered. I got washed. I got cleansed. I got changed. Oh, he took out the heart of stone. He took out the heart of stone. Oh, he changed me. Come on, sister drummer. He changed me. He'll change you. Did you get something? Lift your hands to heaven and stand up on your feet. I want to sing it again. Appreciate our worship team. Come on, Minister Toby. I think you know it. Come on, lunch, lunch is right around the corner, don't worry. Children's church is okay. Come on, they'll be all right. Minute longer. Couple minutes longer. Come on. Freedom in your name. I come alive by my life. All I am to bring. With everything that's within you. Victory in your name. Salvation in your name. I come alive by my life. All I am to bring.
before we close, I would like to invite you to get right with God. Give your heart to Jesus. You can claim the name of Jesus all you want to, but it's relationship. You must be born again. And if you've never been born again, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, won't you do it in the closing moments this afternoon? Online, those here, you want to receive Jesus as a payment for your sin. You believe that he died and rose again from the grave for you. The Bible says if you confess, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. There's no way to make it to heaven other than receiving Jesus. You can surrender your body to the flames and give all that you have to the poor and you'll be utterly scorned. Those things cannot pay for, they cannot atone for your sin. Your sin can only be paid for by the blood of Jesus because the Bible says from the Old Testament to the New, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. You say, that's kind of intense. Yeah, I know. That's how serious sin is. You must receive Jesus. He said, well, I, I think I gave my life to You think? If you can't remember, you, you probably haven't. And many times people's lives, they pray a prayer and crocodile tears, but their lives don't change. You know why that is? It's because there's not a real brokenness and a real repentance for what actually brought on that moment. It's not a magic prayer. It's not magic. It has to be from your heart. We make up a little, a little formula and I'll lead you in it in a moment. But if that's not real in your heart, that you come to real sorrow and, and a godly sorrow, that is what converts the human heart. Nothing else. The power of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't really mean it, then it doesn't mean anything. And then you won't have a life changed. Your life won't change. You won't even know what, any, what I'm talking about. Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. You want to get right with Jesus for the first time. You've never done it before. No one moving around. Not time to go to the bathroom. I've got another 120 seconds and I'm done. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Number two, you used to live for God, but you know you've got compromise in your life and you want to come home today. You want to come home today. You want to give your heart back to God. Number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation. You're not sure. The devil lies to you and you want to, you want to be sure. All across this place, those online, give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Make a recommitment to him. Come home on the count of three. Just be sure if that's you on the count of three. Fit in any of those three categories. Lift your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, lift your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. If you're serious about it, seriously, I don't want to embarrass you, but if you're serious about getting right with God, Jesus said this, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you. Lifting your hand was a good start, but there's something about coming up front. You're serious about getting right with God or recommitting to Him or just being sure. Quickly as we sing, come all the way up front. Others are coming with you. You won't be alone. Church, you ought to put your hands together. Come on.
God. And if you're a life group leader, you'll want to come and help us, please. Online, all across the sanctuary, those up front, pray right from your heart. Pray this. Close your eyes. I will lead you. Repeat after me out loud. Do I have to do it out loud? Well, apparently, yes. Because the Word of God says, with your mouth you confess. Yes, it's important to do it out loud. Come on, pray with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, all across this place, you affirm your faith. Those here are giving their lives back to Christ. The greatest miracle that could take place and online as well. One more time. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me for all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.